Sometimes going to the grocery store can be chaotic. There doesn't seem to be enough time to check the list, make sure everything is there, search for the best prices, and take the time to make sure you get the best quality meat. So let ButcherBox help you out. Giving you peace of mind, ButcherBox delivers high-quality meat and seafood that you can trust straight to your door. No grocery carts required. Humanely raised, no antibiotics or hormones, 100% grass-fed, free-range, and crate-free, what more can you ask for? What about free shipping, customized box plans, exclusive member deals, recipe inspirations, tips, and tricks? You really can't go wrong with ButcherBox. Sign up at butcherbox.com slash morning cup and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. Choose salmon, chicken breasts, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash morning cup and use code morning cup to choose your free for a year offer plus get $20 off your first order. Hey guys, I have a podcast that I think you'll really enjoy. Proof, the investigative true crime podcast co-hosted by Susan Simpson of Undisclosed and Jacinda Davis of Evil Lives Here is releasing its highly anticipated second season where they investigate the murder of 18-year-old Renee Ramos. The first season, which if you haven't listened to yet, you totally should, saw the release of two Georgia men serving life sentences for murdering their friend, Brian Bowling. And thanks to evidence unearthed by proof, on December 8th, 2022, both Daryl Lee Clark and Kane Joshua Story were finally freed after 25 years behind bars. With that same investigative drive, Susan and Jacinda are on the case again, and this time, they are on the streets of Manteca, California, to find out who really killed Renee Ramos. In proof, murder at the warehouse, you hear how, on June 5th, 2000, Renee's body was found buried beneath a pile of debris inside a new Home Depot building. And how, despite tips hinting at alternate suspects, her boyfriend, 18-year-old Jake Silva, and 33-year-old Ty Lopez were arrested and convicted of her murder. Fans of true crime and investigative series won't want to miss this riveting new season. Follow the case as Susan and Jacinda uncover long-overlooked evidence about what really happened to Renee, by listening to Proof, Murder at the Warehouse, wherever you get your podcasts. There were two more murders 15 miles when away. Arrived, the found the telephone we have and a electricity line here described by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird religion. Good morning. Murder. On November 21st, 1983, an 18-year-old boy named David Wilkie was shot and killed during a hunting trip. The murder, believed to be an accident, became just a sad part of Bedford County, Virginia history. That was until three years later when a man confessed to his father what really happened that day. So, what happened to David Wilkie and why was he murdered? So, if you like your coffee hot but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. In late 1982, David Wilkie met a man named David Lee Fisher at a hotel in Charlotte, North Carolina. The two men hit it off, and soon, 18-year-old Wilkie moved in with his new friend. At the time, Fisher, despite having 25 convictions on his record, was living under a fake name while enrolled in the Federal Witness Protection Program and working at a local funeral home transporting bodies. Early into their friendship, Fisher came up with a brilliant idea. 
He told Wilkie to befriend a young woman named Bonnie Jones while Fisher obtained a life insurance policy on her. Then, after that was accomplished, Wilkie would kill Bonnie and the two men would cash in on her policy and live off the proceeds. Sounds perfect, right? Well, the problem was that Wilkie ruined the plan when he fell in love with Bonnie. The two married the first week of December 1983. Fisher was furious and began to tweak his original plan and found a new target, David Wilkie. So he approached two men, Bobby Mulligan and Gerald Stedman, and let them in on his new plan. It was simple. Obtain an insurance policy on Wilkie and then stage a hunting accident and collect. Easy. With that, Fisher and Stedham went to the insurance office. He was able to secure a $50,000 policy with a double indemnity clause in the case of death by accident and listed himself as David Wilkie's legal guardian. There were some hoops, delays, and red tape, but after a simple change from legal guardian to personal friend on paperwork, David Fisher was named the official beneficiary of David Wilkie's insurance policy. Fisher promised Bobby Mulligan $38,000 to kill Wilkie, and he agreed. On November 21st, 1983, on the opening day of deer hunting season, David Fisher took his friends on a hunting trip in Bedford County, Virginia. Along for the trip was Fisher, Wilkie, Mulligan, and Jody Ayers, the 16-year-old son of Fisher's ex-wife, who was brought to make their visit look more natural. Around 3.30 p.m., Wilkie rushed down a hill to chase after a deer. Mulligan seized the opportunity and ran after the man. Soon thereafter, David Wilkie was shot in the back with a 12-gauge shotgun. He was still alive when Fisher yelled to Jody to run for help. According to later testimony, David Fisher reached into the wound and attempted to manually stop Wilkie's heart before emergency services could arrive. By the time Bedford County officers arrived, David Wilkie was dead. Fisher and Mulligan gave extremely convincing stories of how Mulligan tripped while running downhill, his shotgun discharging, and mortally wounding Wilkie. Authorities determined that this was simply a hunting accident, and the men were charged with misdemeanors, fined, and permitted to return to North Carolina. And they probably would have gotten away with it if it wasn't for David Fisher's greed. Just two days later, Fisher filed for the $100,000 accidental death benefit on the insurance policy. The company, reluctant to give the payout, initiated an investigation into the circumstances surrounding David Wilkie's death. The attorney assigned to the case, John Manning, was also a hunter and noted the inconsistencies of the wound and the stories. David Fisher was confronted and he responded by becoming more relaxed about when he would receive the settlement. He was eventually given a $25,000 check in exchange for a release of his claim against the company, paid Mulligan $7,000, and went on living his life. David Wilkie's mother called her son's friend and he spun a story about David wanting to be cremated if anything happens, told her David had no money to assist in the costs, and no insurance policy to help. She brought her son's body back with her to Florida and honored what she thought were his wishes and had him cremated. For three years, no one thought twice about the murder of David Wilkie. The case was considered an accident and closed. 
That was until early 1985 when David Fisher suffered from a complete nervous breakdown and confessed the entire crime to his parents. He was arrested by the FBI in November of 1986 and made a full confession. In November of 1987, David Lee Fisher was sentenced to death for the 1983 murder of David Wilkie. He was executed on March 25, 1999. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to hear what terrible thing happened on November 22nd. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it. If you want to help support the podcast, there's always Patreon or just sharing it with your true crime-obsessed friends. And remember, stay safe. Thank you for listening to Morning Cup of Murder. This is a daily podcast that tells you what happened on this day in true crime history. In short, easy-to-listen-to episodes that you can finish on your commute or while you enjoy your morning coffee. So make sure you check back every morning. My name is Karina. I am the creator and host. You can find Morning Cup of Murder on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. I have also set up a Patreon where you can donate a small monthly contribution to the podcast. All those links are in the episode description. Thank you again, and have a wonderful day.